Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. This is Marshall Fant. Welcome to GFA Missions Podcast ReChurch. I have a great privilege to have two great friends with me, Matt Story. Welcome. Good to be here. Matt Beach, welcome. It's good to be with you, Pastor. Yeah, so this is the Matt and Matt Show. <laughs> and I'm back at Harvest Baptist Church in Rock Hill, South Carolina, where I served as a pastor for 21 years. And both Matt and Matt were an important part of the ministry here, and they both are uniquely gifted in the area of church security. So today's topic is church security. What is it? How do you do it? Why do we do it? And so... I just want each of you to kind of introduce yourselves to where, when we introduce the church security concept, or really Matt's story, when you introduced it to me as your pastor, you know, you were a deacon, but just introduce yourself and how this kind of became an interest in your life. All right. Well, I don't want to make it too much about me, but uh, my wife and I were foster parents for over 16 years, and we were exposed to a lot of situations where there was the potential for some interactions with some, some people who were upset or not thinking clearly. And we knew that as uh, members of the church, we were bringing that exposure, mm-hmm. potential exposure, to our church. And with another deacon and a couple other like-minded individuals, we, we just kind of started talking you know, about what could happen, what the responsibility of the church would be, kind of put some thoughts together and went to, to Pastor Fant and just kind of laid it out there, you know, and it was... Uh, and heavily encouraged me to go to a conference with y'all. Is that, is that fair to say? <laughs> that is very fair to say. And the good thing about this conference is, is that they lay out the worst case scenarios for yeah. you, so you don't have to be all doom and gloom and sound like you're overreacting. When it comes out of someone else's mouth and, and training programs, you, you don't look paranoid. Yeah. <laughs> you don't look like the crazy person. But it's been good. You know, we haven't had any situations where someone has stormed the church. Um, we've had right. some people upset that have had to be dealt with and talked to. And, you know, basically a lot of people, when you give them an ear, they calm down. Yep. And then we can work with them. So your was coming from a family situation with yes. being foster parents. Yes. Okay. Matt Beach. All right. So Matt, by trade, you are a policeman. Yes. So you live in law enforcement. You live in the, I can't call it this way, we live in a fallen <clears throat> world. For sure. And so your <laughs> your profession, you see this a lot more than, than I do. Yes, every day. Well, I don't know if it's more than you do. You have a lot of situations, well, pastors in general. Yeah, but <laughs> also your see everyday that. situation. But what I'm trying to say, so you're in law enforcement. Yes. But you also have a unique situation. You also do church security training as a ministry, correct, as a yes. profession on, on the side. Yeah, for about four years now, uh, back in 2016, I started uh, Setting a Watch Ministries. It's a a practical training company, basically, to train church members, uh, pastors, deacons, church security members, and even Christian schools, kind of gearing towards that niche of private Christian school and churches to teach them how to do security, how to do it effectively, to teach them how to evaluate what they need to do so that they're not spending money on stuff that is a fad or just a system, you know. So you're in training... Yeah, I te- we teach things, teach them things I learned from law yeah. enforcement. I've gone right. to several other classes as well just to increase the effectiveness of setting a watch. Yeah, and let me just say this. So I encourage that ministry. I encourage, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm a reference from Matt Beach on that. So every church needs to be aware of something like that. Yeah. So you're bringing a little different perspective, but the two of you came together and really 
launch the security team here or the security program. So let me ask you this, big picture. And Matt Beach, if you can go first. So what is church security? If we mention that, what does that include? Just briefly. What is church security? Basically, church security, pastor, is a mindset. It's the mindset of the leadership as well as those designated to carry out the security. They need to be looking for potential threats, looking for possible disruptions, and then also being trained and having thought through what procedures will be taken if those ever come to reality. Cameras, locks, alarms, all these things are great. But training. 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 And, and, <laughs> training and more training. Training and more training. All that stuff is very important and emphasize heavily in the training part because all these practical things, cameras, locks, alarms, they don't do anything if you don't know how to use and them. And windows in rooms. You got windows that in too. rooms. Yeah. Windows in rooms. You got to have windows in rooms. A discipline that I like to teach is called SEPTED, Crime Prevention Through Environmental Design. Talks all about how to open up your environment to be able to see what's going on and to encourage the people in your congregation mm. to see potential problems and then teaching them where to go how to train your congregation in a lot of ways. Um, right, we're going without... to come back to the training because I know you all done some real life here stuff I've heard about <laughs> yeah. and watched, okay? All right, so uh, Matt Story, anything else you want to add to that? Not really. He mentioned just... Uh, you mentioned mindset. Mindset. General people in the congregation having their eyes open because the security team can only be so many places. Um, whether it's two guys or 12 guys, depending on your church, the congregation, if they're, you've got greeters who are noting who comes in, and they could say, hey, uh, this guy had a backpack, this guy was, and we had this situation here where a, an individual came in and he, he openly was like, I just got out of prison like a week ago. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he admitted that to us kind of helped us relax. Right. But at the same time, you know, he's not the only one we have to worry about. So, so let me give real life what you're talking about. So I was <laughs> preaching one Sunday. And a guy walked in with a backpack we had never seen before and sat like on the back row. Did you address him? I, I believe I did. All yes. right, so just for our audience, this is not theory. This is real life. So it happens. guy comes in. We had never seen him before. He's got a backpack. And he doesn't look like the most outstanding citizen in the world. Correct. Okay? But we want to minister to everybody that comes to that door. Absolutely. We don't think it's an accident here at our church. Whoever God brings, we're going to minister to. So I want to put that on the table. All right. But with yes. that comes the opportunity for maybe some people with wrong intentions coming in. Correct. All right. So your eyes were on this backpack from the beginning. Yes. And so we want to come back to exactly what happened. <laughs> Everything worked out fine. But there's a way to handle it. But it goes back to mindset, right? Yes. So everybody's doing that. I mean, everybody, ushers, greeters, nursery workers. All right. So let's talk about this. On the seminar that Matt Story, you strong-armed me to go to, okay, <laughs> this quote was given, and I thought it was very effective, and I want you to comment on it, then, then Matt Beach can follow up. So Matt Story, the quote was, you, talking about as a church, you cannot control the first 20 seconds of any incident, but after 20 seconds, the church is responsible. You agree with that? I do. I do, and it, it uh, still to this day, and that was years ago that we went to that seminar, and and still to this day, that quote fills me with dread because we can't control what comes through the door. We can't control what happens in the parking lot. But if we are not, to steal a phrase from Matt Beach, setting a watch and keeping our eyes open for these opportunities for bad things to happen, we're not going to be able to respond properly. Mm -hmm. And how we respond is either going to make things worse or, or make them as good as they possibly can be. And I fully believe that that's the responsibility of the church leadership and the, the security team. But it's not a one-size-fits-all reaction. So who knows what we could see? Yeah. So is it fair to say that's a good statement, Matt Beach? 
Yeah, I would say it's a fair statement, especially in today's world. It's known generally that um, there is going to be some sort of liability on a church. It's expected that you do something, especially when it comes to, say, nursery. We need to take some precautionary measures. Uh, we live in a world we've seen attacks on churches. We've seen attacks on schools. It's just a general expectation, legally required or not, it's an expectation that people have when they come to our church. So we need to, we need to do something. To All right, so that. you're saying as, as our community, and of course you know I believe we need to be reaching our community. Mm -hmm. So as we're reaching our community, the community comes to us with certain expectations. They do. And what you're saying is we as pastors need to understand the community is coming with an expectation of the same type of safety they would see in a school or something similar. Is that? Yes. you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. Um, you want to take that a step further? Anything else you want to say to that? The thing is, if something does happen, the backlash is going to be, you know, well, why didn't this get rehashed over and over and over again? Right. That 20 seconds is going to be played out over 20 days. So we're going to have to respond effectively during that 20 seconds. Again, that's where the training comes in and the thought ahead of time. If we haven't thought what we're going to do in that 20 seconds, we're not going to respond. All right, we're so just gonna, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. If we don't respond in that 20 seconds, yeah. um, we haven't trained thought ahead of time, we're not going to know what to do. We have to think ahead of time and train beforehand to meet right, that expectation. So in training, you got people to train. Okay, yes. so we're, let's, let's you have talk. To trainers. Let's talk to the pastor who has nothing in place. Okay, so Matt's story. How would you identify potential security team leaders? I tend to look for individuals who have noticed something in the past. It doesn't have to be the guy with the backpack. It could have been this door doesn't shut right mm -hmm. like it should, and it's a, an unsecured entrance during a service. It's amazing to me how many people in the congregation notice things. Not all of them say something right away. You might right. find out a week or two later. But then there's others who will bring it to your attention immediately. And it's those people that have that mindset of seeing what's going on around them. Those that are aware. Yes. Have a general just, awareness. Just a general of, situational of, awareness okay. is, is uh, key in looking for a team member or a team leader. All right. Matt, Beach, you want anything to that? I would just encourage a pastor who maybe struggling and looking for someone, you know, to look into your congregation, see what kind of skills do you have. Do you have a first responder, a police officer, an EMT, a firefighter? Do you have someone that regularly deals with that type of stress and is aware for looking for those things? Any general career field or prior military, prior history, something okay. like that, where they've been able to exercise that part of their brain, <laughs> so to speak, before, a you, benefit you, as a leader. Then you, someone who, as Matt's describing, has those general characteristics mm. that can kind of follow someone who's already proven themselves in that way would be great to add on to the team. So let's talk about training them. So let's say, are you got mm -hmm. one or two people in your church, three or four, mm -hmm. and I don't want to give specifics on Harvest Baptist Church because people really don't need to know everybody on the security <laughs> team. Is that fair to say? Okay. <laughs> this is true. So now it's time to train them. All right, mm -hmm. so Matt Beach, as a policeman, as a man that runs a security training company, walk me through if somebody doesn't know where to start, they could call a company like you. They mm -hmm. could go to their insurance company. I know we yeah, use an insurance. insurance company. They walked us through map story. Didn't they help us walk us through putting a training manual they together? Did, they did. There were certain things they said really should be in there, okay. um, which, which kind of gave us some guidelines because, frankly, right now, Matt and I have both talked about how we need to revise our original safety program mm -hmm. because it's... It's a little scary because it's so so thick and extensive and exhaustive. It's like legal documents. You throw it at somebody, the average person is not going to know what, right. what they're reading. And so we want something that's a little more comprehensive, a little more streamlined and updated. All right, so let's just take the manual off. I don't yes. want to intimidate pastor. Let's talk about the <laughs> basics. So I do know that 
Matt Story, you requested for an item in the budget, or your team did, mm-hmm. to help yes. these guys do training. Yes. Right? As well as, I believe in South Carolina, you have to have a concealed weapons carry permit, as well as, what did y'all do, a level two? What we, do you call We did a, a secondary training. We casually called it shooting in public, which, you know, we don't get to do in the training. <laughs> no. um, but the actual course name, I think, varies depending on who's doing the training. And in which state you're in, probably. Yes, yes. But it was good. It put some pressure on us, learning how to respond with potentially lethal force from, from different scenarios, which Matt Beach is already trained in as a police officer. But the reality that if there's a, an active shooter situation, that the others of us would have to act and react as well, really necessitated the secondary training. Because just because you can carry a tool, such as a, a firearm, doesn't mean that you need to be using it. <laughs> I'm, I'm a prime example of that, okay. <laughs> well, so. I wasn't gonna go there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt Beach, now talk to me about just some basic training. I know one of the most effective trainings I saw y'all do in this church because my wife was part of it, and uh, y'all had all the nursery workers come in, mm-hmm. and you shot blanks in the hallway. Okay, now we'll get yeah. to the details later, but just that one act, why was that so important, and why did that have such an effect on all the nursery workers? It made them realize what an actual emergency could sound like, in this case a shooting. When you're shooting inside a building, it can sound totally different than what you expect. In fact, during the one training, about half the people didn't even hear the first one because it was two rooms down with, what do they call it, sound-canceling walls in between. Yeah, yeah. I was speaking when it went off, and I didn't hear it. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where half the people were like, what was that? And someone assumed it was books being dropped. It, it really opened their eyes to what it could sound like. But when it gets close. When it gets closer, it gets much clearer. And we did it, we did it again yeah. closer to yeah. kind of vary... So it was helpful for them to identify what it might sound like. So that way, if it ever does happen in real life, they could respond faster because they would recognize it sooner. All right, so in a building, and again, this was in the educational wing where we have, you know, the walls are pretty thick because kids can make some noise, okay. But also, I think, uh, if I remember right, one of the nursery workers said when it's right outside the nursery door, Mm -hmm. wow, they couldn't believe how loud it was. So it may be some of these nursery workers, I mean, they've never been around a pistol being shot. Is that yeah, fair? That could be easily fair to say. Especially, All right, so, um, but I know that one training exercise that y'all did within this church made huge impacts. Mm-hmm. All right. And that, again, is just mindset. All that is doing, no one's running, no one's wrestling, no one's shooting. All they're doing is listening mm-hmm. and learning what it may sound like. And that mindset starts turning the gears in their head, which is simple, cheap, and it was really effective. It was effective. Okay, so there's some other practical things you can do. And again, right now I want to aim at that may not be the right word in the <laughs> security thing. I want to concentrate on the, the church that knows they should have started this, mm-hmm. but they haven't. Okay. So, Matt, story walk through like a basic camera arrangement where a security team member can carry like a tablet sure. and see it. Just walk through the very basics of that. So the way the cameras are generally set up, and it's not just here, but many other places as well, is that we focus on entrances and we try not to have any blind spots. Because often you've got one individual, could be more, but one individual who's kind of patrolling the hallways and potentially even going out into the parking lots, although that's the later discussion we can have. But knowing who's come in um, or who maybe tried to come in, a door that's not even 
usually unlocked. It kind right, so of, let's say this to kind of bring our audience up to speed on this. So once the service begins, the main entrance is left open. All the auxiliary entrances are locked. Is correct. that right? Isn't that what yes. y'all have in place, yeah. Matt? Is that right? Yeah. We only right. have two main entrances open, the two main to the vestibule, so okay. that the guy doing security can be in the main lobby and he can see the only place that someone can come in. So the, the surrounding doors are locked? All the surrounding doors are locked, yes. Okay, so pick it up from there, I just wanted to. So what the camera does is, is help you to stay at your post and, and know if there's something going on that potentially shouldn't be going on. You might look at the iPad and see that the camera facing the parking lot, there's, there's some activity out there. Well, the service has been going for 20 minutes. Is it somebody who's just very late <laughs> or is there somebody yeah. going through people's vehicles mm -hmm. you know trying to steal what they can so really you got two runs you got outside and inside yes and then inside you got children's areas where nurseries and then then you got the main the main congregation main congregation right. so you got several different areas to be aware of yes yeah right. so whoever's on lead security is is usually out in the in the uh the vestibule and other team members are well, they're trying to just worship with the rest of the congregation, but their eyes are open at the same right. time. Let's talk about communication with those team members. All right. Sure. So, uh, and Matt Beach, you can comment on this. Within the security team on any given Sunday, how do y'all communicate with each other? Uh, or how does the lead security person communicate with the security team members? The lead guy has a radio. And the other team members that are, that are say, off that day, they're not lead in the auditorium worshiping. Um, will also have radios. Okay. That way, if the guy in the lobby... With an earpiece. With an earpiece. Right. Yeah, they have an earpiece. They have the radio on. Most Sundays, we do a radio check, and that's all that goes on over the radios. Okay. Um, so say, say Matt's story's in the lobby. I'm in the main auditorium. He sees something go on. He's like, hey, I need some help. He's on the radio. Hey, can someone come meet me here? Got a situation. Okay. I'll hear it. Exit, you know, as quietly as possible. Go out there, and we'll both handle it. That way, he has the backup he needs, but also right. not every security team member is out of the service every single Sunday. But there's a communication tool. And yeah. I, I can say, again, I've forgotten the numbers, but we're not talking tons of money. These cameras have gotten fairly inexpensive. That's true. That's and true. And then you got yeah. the, I think it even records, what, for 30 days? Yeah, it holds it for a little while. A little while. And, I don't definitely know. and with the cloud technology now, you could keep okay. stuff in. Yeah. in yeah. But you're carrying a tablet. You're communicating. Mm -hmm. Through your radios. Basic, your basic two-way radio is old technology now. You can easily pick those up on Amazon for under $100 for okay. a set of four. For the pastor trying to get started, we're not talking, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to get started. No, no okay. not at all. All right. So you install cameras. You have ushers aware. You have other security teams communicating with the team members. Mm -hmm. You have locked doors. What are the basic things on the interior would you want to comment on? The one thing I'd like to, to comment on is for the most part, with, uh, especially with Harvest, and I like to emphasize through my company, we focus on protecting people, protecting people inside. Stuff could go on outside. That's a secondary issue. Mm -hmm. As long as we can get everybody inside, say, worst case scenario, a guy with a, a gun, maybe an estranged husband or uh, someone who has a beef with the pastor through a counseling situation or something like that, comes to one of the locked doors, tries to get in, the security guy can see on the camera, go lock the already locked doors and get on the phone with the authorities. That way we've eliminated the guy outside already and we can protect people inside. Okay. We're not encouraging anyone to go out there and confront anybody if we can avoid that. 
You want the trained professionals to do that. Yeah, yeah. trained professionals to do that. Unless there's, um, now there's a situation where the guy comes inside, you gotta do what you gotta do, then that is why we do have people trained with firearms. But again, a good even a good security plan does not have to start with firearms. Correct. We can start. Would you repeat that again. A good security plan does not need to start with firearms. Go. That's something to add later. There's a ton, and I like to emphasize in my company because we do training in multiple states with various firearms laws. Yeah that you can do this without guns. I mean, you can't go to Maryland and have a gun in a church, <laughs> but there are things you can do to protect your congregation. Okay, and that's so what we focus yeah, primarily on. So this on. podcast is going out. Uh, go ahead and just give your email address right now so we can get that. Yeah. Settingawatch.com. Settingawatch.com, okay. uh, settingawatchministries.com, or settingawatch, Google that, my contact's on there. All right. And be glad to answer any of your questions. So different states, again, so this podcast, we're recording this in South Carolina. So please understand any pastor, you need to find out the rules, the laws in your area before you're doing what we're going to do. And if I can just jump in real fast, oh, Pastor, yeah, sure. on this. Um, someone who's starting, trying to start where they go to, I just encourage them to go to the local police department and ask some questions. Um, I've, actually, this morning I popped up on um, online, there was a, a shooting at a wedding in New Hampshire just yesterday morning. Yeah. That would be the 12th of uh, October. And they had just recently, the last year, gone through active shooter training with their local police department. And actually, was this at a church? It was at a church. Okay. It was at a church. A wedding yesterday morning. Uh, two people were wounded, and the the suspect was actually taken down by responding members of the church at the time, who had gone through a. Re- oh, I believe they had gone through a recent. The church had recently been trained. These members, I'm not sure if they specifically had gone through the training, but I'm almost certain they probably did. They responded perfectly, from the article I read. So starting with a local police department will give you a lot of information. If you're in an area that you don't know where the police department can't help, shoot me an email. I'll try to find resources and hook you up. Sure, sure. Okay, so I know both of you, you both have children. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think a church needs to be careful of the educational space. Is there anything in particular, we've got about five minutes, anything in particular you should say, okay, these are a couple of major red flags. First, just education, nursery, bathrooms. Anything in that arena where you say, hey, okay, just look for these things. Sure. One of the things and you asked about all doors having windows. Obviously, we don't have windows on the bathrooms. Right. But the purpose of the windows is that nothing's hidden. Nothing's going on behind closed doors. The bathrooms, you know, uh, teachers and adults shouldn't be accompanying kids that aren't theirs into the restroom and just training people because by and large church members you know they've helped out with so many families and kids that uh, yeah i'll run them to the restroom no big deal there's nothing nefarious going on right but the appearance even is something that we have to guard against yeah and i think here we use something like protect my ministries the child care workers have to go through something background yes. checks just background, yes. background yeah. checks and there's training for yeah every okay child care. so that's a whole separate issue mm-hmm. that's the children's ministries right yeah all right Keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was going to come to the background checks. You beat me to it. Mm-hmm. it and it's rudimentary. It's yeah. it's not that we're digging around trying to find dirt on people. We're not politicians. But we are looking for that low-hanging fruit that could indicate what level of trust mm-hmm. somebody should have in a ministry like that. And our Again, kids... expectation mindset. Yes. I love that. The mindset mm-hmm. yep. in everything yep. has got to be, you know, God is entrusted us with the people that come here. So they should expect, as Matt Beach said, a reasonable point of protection mm-hmm. of what generally is expected by our culture. Is that yeah. fair to say? Yes. I will just say that when the idea of background checks came up, 
there was a little bit of pushback. Not sure. that people were trying to hide anything, but no. just like, why is this necessary? Mm -hmm. But as we've continued to educate and train, it's been very well received. And, and we've actually had some people who maybe pushed back originally say, well, has a background check been done on that individual? Yeah, that would, <laughs> Which has been refreshing, be. <laughs> been very refreshing. As a pastor, y'all handle so much. I know that, you know, because our church is near a very busy area and Walmart is next door. I remember one Easter morning, <laughs> we had people come to some of the people begging for money. They, okay, I'll go park. So they stationed themselves right in our church parking lot. Yes. And the security team went out there and gracefully handled it and got everything going. So when the congregation was dismissed, wasn't it Easter morning? It, wasn't was, it, was, it was. So, you know, <laughs> they didn't have to deal with, you know, we were able to minister that couple one-on-one yes. -on -one and see what needs they had. And the right. security team took care of that versus people feel threatened when they came out of the church right. service. Okay. And part of that was not just running these poor folks off. It no. was It was... No giving them some contact information in go. the community yep. where they could, they could yeah. be taken care of and have some needs met and not have our flock giving out intimidated. money or and intimidated, intimidated and yeah. just giving out money for who knows what. So mm -hmm. we were able to actually meet some real needs. All right, final comments. Matt Beach, the policeman, the security trainer. <laughs> Anything in closing? I appreciate you bringing this topic up. It's one of those topics that a lot of times is swept under the rug. I think, as you said earlier, a lot of pastors feel intimidated by it. Yes, we do. Um, to those pastors, I would just say, you know, you don't have to start off on a grandiose scale. You don't have to have a security team in place to start researching security. I would just encourage them to find someone in your congregation that is interested, like, right. like Matt Storer here, who has interest in it, has an interest in educating himself, and start building from there. Network with some local people your police department, if you have to have mandatory fire inspections, most places have fire inspections, yeah, yeah. contact those guys. They have contacts with the local PD and hopefully can send you somewhere. Yep. If not, again, look up settingawatch.com, send me an email, and I will do some legwork on the internet and try to find some contacts in your area. Great. Um, not a problem. All right. Matt Story, closing comments. Just closing comments, turning people's eyes back to Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah, talking about how they set a watch and uh, had swords and spears and bows at their sides as they were busy doing God's work. Mm. That's Old Testament, Matt. Yeah, I know. I know it is. But look at Luke 22. Jesus is speaking, and he tells the disciples, he said, if you don't have a sword, sell your garment and buy one. This is Jesus, the uh, author of peace, the Messiah who came to love us and buy us back from he was sin. crucified for a fallen world. Yes. And we live in a fallen world. But he also wants us to be wise as serpents yes. and harmless as doves. And that's especially when we're caring for the needs of others around us. All right, let me just close with what Matt Stewart has said. As we're caring for the needs around us, and I think we are charged to be salt and light. We are charged to engage our community. And Absolutely. When, as we do that, there may be some people that may not be Christians or may not be sanctified to the point <laughs> of not wanting to do harm to somebody. Right. So again, that's the beauty of a church. We have, I think, as a pastor, with the support of you two and your team, it gives our church the freedom to engage our community. Yes. Is that, is that yeah. fair? Yeah, we so definitely do. We don't want to turn people away. No. We don't want to lock our churches down like Fort Knox. But we want to protect the flock while we reach out to those who really need us. And the people who yes, really need us yeah. often don't look like us, don't yeah. smell like us, and don't sound like us. But we can't turn them away because they're different. Yet we need to protect the flock as well. Yeah. So we can, like you said, be free 
to minister to those to people. To do ministry. While we have people posted as guards watching for those red flags. Yeah, and again, these are not uniformed cops. They really wouldn't know they're there. But again, as a pastor, mm-hmm. I want to encourage other pastors, a well-trained security team gives you freedom, total freedom to minister in your Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Okay, Matt Beach, thank you. Give thank your you, uh, website one, one more time, watch. Uh, settingawatch.com, settingawatch.com. Again, go right there. We have a lot of resources yep. and contact information Great. as well. Matt Story, thank you. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Matt and I have been friends for many, many, many years. Yes. Appreciate your heart. Again, you reach out. You've been a foster parent. You've adopted how many? Four? We have five kids. Five. Wow. <laughs> I lose track. Five. Thank you for your ministry. Absolutely. You've set a great example within our church. And we'd love your ministry because it gives pastors the freedom to do what they need to do. Amen. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to ReChurch a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org consulting.